Hello and welcome to episode 59 of I'm Fine, a chat between myself, Damo, and probably the only person I've not fallen out with as yet, Mark. You enjoying that pastel donata? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, this is a chat around the subjects of health, wealth, well-being, fitness, food, funnies and fairy tales. We're all work in progress and this podcast is no exception. In short, it's a poke at our perfectly imperfect lives and if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all this madness, then our work here is done. Make sure you subscribe to us in your podcast app and follow us on the socials by searching for I'm Finecast. And don't be a stranger, please. Please drop us a drop us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Mm. Please. Or, or as please. we say in Germany, please, yeah. please drop us an email. Please drop us an email. They better English than what um, we does. And our email is imfinecast at gmail.com. Now, hold on. I've just had a thought. We don't get a lot of emails. No. <laughs> Do you think people... Oh, the put... army captain emailed me. Did he? I'm, I think I've been a little bit ignorant because sometimes... When I get an email from him, mm. I think it's come through on the I'm Fine cast. Yeah. But I think he sends a few to me what? personally, which I hadn't sort of really realised. Oh, because you don't you have, um, don't you just click all inboxes, even though you've got multiple accounts? Yeah. Oh, God, how do you do that? I mean, it makes sense that you do that, because that's something you would do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just like, have. Yeah. Okay, just one big box of emails. Yeah, and my calendar seems to be in all all of my... All or nothing, you, I Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking whether people are actually, put, if they're putting I'm fine cast, I hope no one's putting the apostrophe in, I'm, mm. do you know what I mean? Because it is just I am fine cast, yeah. watch the inbox go, <laughs> yeah, go mad. <laughs> yeah. Just had a thought, maybe people don't. Anyway, coming up in this episode, usual catch up and bookmarks, uh, usual chitter chatter, work-life ballet, taking a look at our personalities <laughs> after we've done the, now we've done the tests and uh, in braid food, um, a couple of thoughts on overwhelm and feeling overwhelmed looking at what we can actually control in our lives as that may help with perspective and um, may help with perspective and perhaps controlling and even preventing those overwhelming feelings and emotions from taking over. Can I just, uh, can I just delegate yeah, some thoughts yeah. on that little bit there? Mm. You know, I said I'd like to speak a little bit on wise mind yeah. about the pod. Can mm. we put that in there? Can you remind me? Yeah. Yeah. That would fit so well. Because the, the personality bit is going to be quite short and we can, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, no, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> so either we can put the fairy tale in there or we can just put the fairy tale at the end because I want to... I still think it should be at the end. Okay. And after, after the music. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that work? Fine. Great. So hang around and get some bonus content. And also, uh, we've got some more life hacks. Uh, you know, the pearls and nuggets to help you win at life. Yeah. You only need one of them to be winning, to be fair. Uh, you're looking well today, Mark. Uh, how's your week been? Feels like you are still riding the wave of productivity and positivity. I painted a toilet this week. An actual toilet? What, a toilet? No, not the actual toilet. <laughs> a toilet <laughs> area. what's wrong with just white um you mean you, the bathroom as a, also no as. it's a just it's just a toilet or like a room with just a toilet yeah. in it. Oh, okay it's what poor people have unlike you <laughs> my downstairs bathroom um no so <laughs> i recognized as i was doing it and I, I could view all my inadequacies and i imagined if you were watching me you would go i'm getting stressed thinking about it were you wearing your puffer jacket my puffer, well, yes, I did wear my puffer jacket, but I found out that the paint I was using does come off if you wash Water-based. it. Water-based. Yeah, good, so good, it didn't good. matter. Okay. My well, yeah, you say it doesn't matter. It does matter, really. Mm. That's to me. <laughs> so I just recognised I'm not going to change. It's okay. No one's asking you to. No, but I just realised I mean, anyone to, watching me, it was ridiculous. If you changed. Eh? Yeah. Have nothing to take the piss out of. No, but I was just thinking, it's like the way I was doing it, I was balanced on this tiny little chair. Are you conscious of if, if people were watching you, what they'd be saying? Yeah. If the yeah. judgment, the, the non-existent judgment you were feeling. It was just ridiculous the way I did it. Even at one stage, I couldn't be asked to put the masking tape on the tiles. So I what? just painted the wall and the tile and then wiped it off the tile really quickly before it dried. Yeah. It's, 
it isn't good. No, no. But it's it is what it is. Yeah. Did you get the uh, desired look you're after? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the badly painted room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah>. smashed it. <laughs> So the listens are going nicely. We're just chatting about this yeah. on our coffee break, weren't we? Yeah, gives me a lot of joy that. Yeah, they were plateauing's quite a, mm-hmm. um, a misleading term. No, for, I don't. Yeah, nothing. For gent- gently going down. No, I don't think they were. But you don't. They felt. The, I felt. No, we had two really big spikes that weren't were anom- anomalies. Correct. The Brian effect. Yes. Yeah. And and stealing somebody else's um, catchphrase on the no pain no gain. Oh, the title. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. those two parts of our mm. listen it, it was if you look at it, it is like i said to you it's the last week has been really good isn't yeah that's been really good but some of the older ones have have been really picking up and there's there's some some people going from the beginning yeah bless them yeah it's a lot hearing, of hearing about the mcdonald's <laughs> it's a long old slog in it from yeah. there skiff a few <laughs> yeah yeah the traffic is back yeah i don't know if it's the kids going back to school or what but it's yeah. suddenly got really really busy just seems it just seems like work traffic and people walking around in you know people in suits and people just feels like people are going back already i don't yeah. know whether they are i mean i'm back back in the office yeah but maybe the thing is now i'm out to take the kids to school i might as well nip to the shops they just they're just out and about just around about so I might as well do stuff and i just started thinking have we have we really and you start to think have we really learned anything around flexible working hours you know even when schools start and finish mm. but you think why can't we start to stagger things now Mm. Can people start work at 10 now, 11? And well, 9 to 5 isn't a thing anymore, is well, it? Well, that's what I'm saying, really? but it just feel like it is because there's, we still, you know, around 8, 9 o'clock, there's now... Rush tra- hour, yeah. yeah, now you're getting rush hour again. And, and outside the office, all you know, the whole road is just, you know, come 4, half 4, it's just backed up. And it's mm. just like, this hasn't happened in a year. You know, some of the, we talk about predictions in a couple of pods ago, yeah. weren't we? And just think that feels like, we'd, I don't think we're going to really learn much from this. Feels like we're just going to go back into our old ways. Yeah, yeah. Because we'd said at the beginning, wouldn't it be lovely? Well, we talked about the kindness thing, didn't we? Mm. And there's a different feel from a year ago when everyone was. Yeah. You know, kindness was high on the agenda, and it, I think you're right. I think there'll be a few lessons learned, such mm. as we don't need everyone to come into the office. And I think that might. I saw something today that said it was interesting how people with disabilities were often not integrated into the workplace because you know the office wasn't suitable or it they wasn't couldn't accessible. get in. Yeah, yeah, no lift or, and, or stairs. And it could have or, happened yeah. all along you know, in some circumstances, that if people could have worked from home... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, office yeah. position of, you know, not having a lift or whatever wouldn't be a thing. Yeah, that's true. Very true. So hopefully that is one thing that it might lift up people. And I'm not just saying physical disabilities, yeah, such yeah. as not being able to get upstairs. There's other just ones. Yeah, that's it. Might, it might increase, you know, job chances for people. Yeah. We're kind of talking, starting to talk about work, about, you know, there's a few people saying, oh, what's, what's the protocol for coming back? I think we're probably going to take the view that we're just going to leave it as it is to the end of the year because it's just easier. Because as soon as you start mm. following guidelines and the prescriptive nature of it, yeah, I don't know. They they chop and change. Mm. So if we just make it right, what we're doing now, so you can come in if you you know if you feel it's safe and you're happy to, yeah. and we are limited on numbers and things like that, and we don't we're doing it for well being and mental health reasons yeah. mainly. We might just continue that because that just feels like a nice you know people want a change of scenery. They'll come in, yeah, just had enough at home or whatever, or need to come and get their head down because. It's noisy at home for whatever reason. Some yeah. have small yeah. children and things yeah. like that. So it's a. I think that's probably how offices. I I'd like to think if people are learning from this, will start to will start to become. It's kind of more transient, you know, flexible. Mm-hmm. You know, and then people, as long as people can then start to understand when they're needed in and what you know when yeah. it's been, when it's beneficial to do so. Yeah. I do you, do you feel you get the productivity from your staff when they're not in the office? Yeah, there's. There I was chatting to um, a head of engineering. He was kind of saying, "I get more done at home." 
Okay, that's cool. I guess it depends what you're doing. I mean, it's kind of more a managerial role now, but when when you need to just get your head down and get code shipped, mm. that is easier to do at home. Of course, when you then, if you work on a more team-related thing or working in a team, then there's more distractions. People, you know, spinning around in their chair and going, oh, can you just help me with this? Yeah. Can you just help me yeah. with that? I think if people, are, one thing. if people are at home or remote working and are just on the end of Slack or some messenger, yeah. there's a pro and con of all these things as mm. well because it's taking that idea. So you're in the office, you spin around, someone looks busy, yeah, you don't interrupt them. Yeah, if you're on Slack or some other DM, you're just gonna you, you can't see them, so you're just gonna mm. go, "Can you help me with this?" Then they're inter- they're instantly interrupted. So then, yeah. the onus is on the person at the other end to either turn their notifications off and do some deep work mm-hmm. or or not. But sometimes, again, there's there's examples we were talking about yesterday where if so and so could just turn around and go, "This thing, I'm stuck." How, and that person goes, "Oh, just do that and that mm. done." it's done in less than 30 seconds and yeah. that person can get on with their day. Yeah. That often doesn't happen. Or that person's going, I'm not going to, I'm not going to in- interrupt someone on Slack. Mm. I'm going to try and fix it myself. And they could spend two hours yeah. on a task that can take, you know, could mm. even to find out what it is before they even do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas it could take two minutes just to get the whole thing done. So I think it's everyone recognizing again, how they work, how other people work, the dynamic and the nuances, which is difficult, isn't it? If you're, if people are just good at doing that one thing, yeah. you know, most people aren't employed to kind of understand everybody else's nuances in terms no. of team and team dynamics. And unless you then become a manager and then you're running teams, you know, try, trying to look after the physical men- and mental well-being of your staff when you can't see them is actually very difficult. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, it's almost kind of, well, no news is good news. <laughs> Doesn't always work. Mm. And then you've got people who are very vocal, people who aren't. And the more, obviously, the more people you get, the more combinations thereof there are to, to work with. Because mm. yeah, people can act differently with many different people. I just think the other thing was kind of, you know, people using their vehicles less. You know, is, is public transport going to be less attractive or more attractive now? Do you know what I mean? Than yeah. it was before. You think, well, now it might be quite good because there's not many people on them. Do you know what I mean? So there's more space and people probably never like going on public transport because they were just packed and there's other people don't like, you know, plenty of people don't like other people, right? In being close to them. So I don't, there, also there's more talking about scooters a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> I almost hit someone yesterday. They're coming off, pa- they're coming off pavements onto roads, going over on red lights. Yeah. Like, some cyclists do which kind of winds me up but you you know it's each their own well I, I drove back through Bradley Stoke last weekend and I think there must have been about eight or ten kids on them yeah jumping from the road to the yeah it's, gonna, was, it's gonna happen it's gonna something bad's gonna happen yeah. it will yeah at some point and they got they have got lights on them mm. but they're tiny tiny yeah, they're lights yeah but they're so, so wobbly I mean those you know yeah, the actual, speed the bumps, nature. they're trying to go over speed bumps and jumping over them mm. and I mean, yeah. segways would probably be safer, but yeah. these things are pretty pretty lethal and they go pretty fast. So, um, I think the point when I listened to the pod, you were saying for the reason, which was sort of like layering green reasons on it. Yeah. It isn't. It's just kids having fun in the majority. Yeah. I haven't seen many people using them mm. outside that demographic. No, I haven't. <laughs> no, no. So bulk, you talked about bulk data and we didn't talk about actually what bulk data was. Mm-hmm. So bulk communion, this is on the MI5 website. I didn't even know the MI5 had a website. Mm. I found it. Maybe I hacked into it. Mm. Book communications data is the who, where, when, how, and with whom of communications. You know, I was saying, you know, it's not just, an, it could be just an IP address. Yeah. But that pretty much who, where, when, how is pretty much all the things you need to yeah. recognizably pin an individual to a certain place and time. Mm. But not what was written or said. It includes information such as uh, the subscriber to a telephone service or an itemized bill. Public authorities such as MI5 and the police may acquire this data, which is usually obtained via communications service providers. 
What is, what's it used for? It's used uh, fast, secure access to bulk communications data. It's essential to MI5 in pursuing our investigations. It has played a part in every major counterterrorism operation over the last decade. It's a fundamental investigative tool that the agencies use on a daily basis, enabling us to identify and investigate potential threats in complex and fast-moving investigations. I was just thinking if people get their shit together... Mm. So when you're saying they're in counterterrorism, I guess they're like tracking yeah. phones and bulk data. Mm. But surely one day the terrorist organisations are going to go, what we'll do is we'll give the phones that are registered or the MI5 think we're using yeah. and we'll give them in effect to the terrorist equivalent of drug mules and those people will go around with those phones giving misleading data yeah, of where yeah, we yeah. are and who we're meeting with. They're probably going to be one step ahead or two steps ahead. The fact that people now they? do know everything about all these sort of things. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? It's all... There's, it's, yeah. It is in plain sight. It's Hear like, well, if you're going to be tracked, then just don't take your phone with you or give your phone mm. to someone else mm. and you'd be tracked with something that isn't. I was thinking when you said that, though, back in the day, when I first got my mobile, you used to have every text message listed because you're paying like 4p each. Yeah, yeah. And your phone bill would be like 12 mm. pages of yeah, you have to, have to, every have to, single right. one and the number you'd mm. texted. Yeah. And that was back. <laughs> yeah donkey ages ago wasn't that yeah so. one more thing that grinds my gears it happened it happened on the last pod but most news and magazine style websites have so many ads running it drives me absolutely i can't help but get angry about mm. about it so even if you block pop-ups the sites hardly ever load and if i do about your when you go on because you do all that research don't you for your yeah. little deep dives and stuff and you'd like these things just lock up they lock your machine up you can't move the cursor yeah i've got a pretty decent machine here and how and these, how these all sites are, i haven't yeah. realized what all it was the, the, the page is trying to load all the ads and all the you know the remarketing and they're just ah oh, they drive me drive me absolutely wild anything that grinds your gears at the moment anything grinding your gears not really oh you're chill do you yeah okay well i just <laughs> just showed you my heart rate those beta blockers are yeah they are working yeah they are quite numbing pros mm. and cons of that isn't there the thing is you know it's happening well Same. so something happens you go normally i'd be feeling like this and i'm not that kind of or you could you could have an event or you'd be reading something or looking at something and think i know this is my natural reaction mm. to get angry or to mm. get whatever i think what happens is when we're talking about them before that the adrenaline itself is still produced but the receptors don't mm. you know don't act on it right right so it's that strange sort of yeah it must be weird yeah so you don't have the extremes of of happiness or sadness you have this sort of cloudy middle ground mm. Mm. and when you say grind your gears i'm sitting here thinking we talked about it on, yeah. um, on the course the today and one woman was saying, I just fight everything. Mm. And I was saying, I used to. Used to but you don't know. And it's like I would question any authority and mm. I still do. And I still do. But there's not that kind deep of. dives, but it's not the, the physical, end of the world anymore. You know, the boiling over. Yeah. 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 It wouldn't be sort of, you know, chaining myself to railings anymore. It would just be, oh, well. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you, if, I guess if you're feeling kind of range of emotions normally and you and it's tiresome and then you kind of go, actually, a bit of fog, a bit of middle ground sounds quite a bit of a break. But I guess it's like most of the things until you're in it and experiencing it. It's because it yeah, doesn't it's, it's feel very, you. It's that bit we described before about yeah. the shift in personality from type A to type B. Mm. Being relaxed and laid back and not getting emotional in the widest sense mm. of the continuum could be seen as positive. It is quite relaxing. Having yeah. my heart rate down in the 40s is quite, you know, life is chilled. But it's with something in your head going, this isn't, you know, the real you's trying to get out. And I think that's the frustration. That, that, that I, th I think it's like when we talked before about, when we were talking about weather. So it's just a nice, warm, calm day every day. There's no storms. There's no sunshine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so when you say grind your gears, I'm like, 
thinking generally I would have had mm. about 80 things I could have brought to the table. You were talking about thoughts as facts the other week. Yeah. I was driving, I think it was this earlier this week, coming back into the, the road here, into the ghetto. Mm. Um, is that what you called it the other day? Yeah. <laughs> and um, this thing happened to me, and I realised this happens more than I think it does. So there was a guy kind of, you know, a couple of hundred yards on the right, washing his car. Yeah. Couldn't see him, but I could see there was water coming out of a hose pipe. Yeah. And some of the water was kind of splashing on the pavement quite close to the road. Yeah. And as I was driving past, I don't know, I realise I do this lots of differently. This will probably resonate with you. But I just thought, if he just has an urge to splash my car mm. with a hose pipe, I'm going to get out and say something. And I went down this whole kind of, yeah. very quickly, yeah. Yeah, I went yeah, down yeah, this, yeah, yeah. I was preparing myself for him to spray the car with water. Yes. I was getting ready to get angry. And, yeah, so and you time travelled you know I mean? into the future. Yeah, but very cool. And the split, all this yeah. is in, in, in seconds. Yeah, constantly. And then that. I drove past and I went, we didn't. He clearly didn't. So I was in a new reality then. Yeah. We didn't do that. So I was yeah. almost convinced myself he was going to. I was preparing myself for him to. And then I was thinking, oh, no, it's just water. It won't damage the car. Mm. But then I thought, then I was going through this whole range of the prin- the principle of the thing. And you had feelings it's, about him as well. Yeah. So I was almost getting to the house here. And I was like, I was going through all, through all these weird. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, God, I actually do that quite a bit. Yeah. And then they kind of dissipate. But it's like, what is that? Yeah. That was it was really just really pronounced and it kind of started making me think mm. about God I there's a fax. I was convinced my body yes. was getting ready yes. for a fight. Yes. It was I don't know where it came from, out of nowhere really. Almost kinda of wanted him to, in a weird way as well. Yeah. Well you just were thought, ready just for do it, it, do it. You? Yeah, maybe I just had a bit of a bad day, which is probably yeah. lightly. But I was thinking, come on, let's have some of this. Yeah. There you and then you start to think, well, if that had happened, what what really would I have said? Because he'd have gone, It's just water, mate, chill out. But that's the, I, mean, we, we, I alluded it to two podcasts ago catastrophizing so mm. that's what i do is that i can i can start a train of thought that can only end in you know <laughs> yeah. sort of mass carnage yeah and that's what happens is because you just put layers and layers and layers on mm-hmm. and then i think what well, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you have a bad thought about something and i think i've probably said this to you if i haven't i need to <laughs> um i have a real problem with uh, the phrase no worries and i have the f- problem with the phrase okay well I te- i'm sure i've texted you some okays yeah how are you with those i'm not, not that good? good okay it's good to know we had this on the course today and <laughs> i don't think i say no worries i don't think that's no. one of my phrases no okay this might be a very very quick so this is <laughs> this is my tip for people who have things that cause maybe just a very slight annoyance or a slight discord mm-hmm. when we had the course today the average age without me in the course is probably 27. Mm. I sort of up the average age. Yeah. And I said, one of the things I've learned in the last couple of weeks is sometimes if you communicate something to someone in a almost like, this will help the two of us, mm. if that's your sort of opening line, mm. or I know this might sound a bit funny, mm. but... So I explained my reaction to the word okay. And I explained it and about half of the group were like smiling by the end of time I got to the sentence mm-hmm. and I was getting DMs coming through during the group going, I can't believe you said that yeah, out loud. Yeah. Oh, you thought I was the only one. Right. <laughs> the explanation for it is this. Say I'm coming, like today, I sent and I said, I'm leaving in five minutes. Uh, yeah, I think I replied with, you know, when the text has three suggestions. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of them was okay, I think. Yeah. Wasn't it? I don't normally... And the thing is, the thing is, it is... I normally make some comment about, yeah, if you go, I'm going to be over in nine minutes, I'll make some smart-ass remark, but I just... The point is, saying okay is not inherently wrong or judgmental. Mm -hmm. It's it's the normal recognition that people have in common parlance of, okay, that's fine. The point I'm making is that the way my mind works is that I read okay as 
a bit of a said with a sigh. Okay. Everyone has voices in their heads and you can change the tone of the voice in your head. Yeah. So when you talk to yourself in your head. So if I say to you, I'm leaving in five minutes and you go, lovely, great. See you then. Put the kettle on. Yeah. Hope the traffic's okay. Any of those, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my response is, he wants to see me. He's preparing himself, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) I'm going to have some coffee. And they all resonate positively with me. Yeah, sure. The way my mind works is okay. It's like, okay, that's what I hear. The voice in my head says it with a sigh. And you just kind of go, well, fuck you, then I ain't coming. Oh, to the point that that would sometimes happen. Mm, that I'd mm. go, you you sure you want me to come? Mm. You know, it would be that deep that I would like literally maybe send a text and go, are you all right with me coming? Yeah, yeah, Do yeah. Do you mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a problem with that? Yeah, that makes sense. And you so, think how many arguments and how many fallouts and miscommunications would have just not happened if someone had just... Yes, because gone, text is clunky you know? and text has... Because we might not have had this conversation if we weren't doing this for example because we start to we deep dive into yes. you know yeah what, what things mean and how you take them and i think we probably do that outside of this as well don't we we talk a lot about might come to that at some point but in the next the, section but, about personalities but, is, but how, how we kind of communicate and yeah. get over certain things or whatever but the thing is i will use okay i will do it exactly yeah, the same yeah, yeah, yeah. the point is is that once i have said i don't feel great about this for these reasons the other person has got a choice of going fucking grow up <laughs> or I've taken that on board mm. and then every bit of text conversations going forward will have a much more positive feeling for me. Yeah. And you've you've got an instant win. You've got an instant hit. Mm-hmm. And the thing about no worries is people say it. Here's an example. Go into Sainsbury's. Um, would you like a bag? No, thanks. I've got one of my own. Okay, no worries. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. I'm not. There's yeah. no need for worries. Don't yeah. bring worry into it. Yeah, that, no. Do you want a receipt? Now there's worry. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so what, you're not worried that I don't want a receipt. It's mm. the guy today goes, have a great day. And I said, have a great day to you. And that is fine. Yeah. But when this particular person in Sainsbury's always says to me, no worries. Yeah. But it's a reflex. Is no one's really thinking about what they're saying. No. But it's the, the they problem. They aren't worried. But there's a lot of people, it's, it's just, no, myself no included, problem. who overthink everything. Well, no problem's everything. the same, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, your welcome would be the best one, wouldn't yeah. it? You know. Well, the, Rather the, no problem or no worries. Well, well, no, there wasn't a problem or there wasn't any worries. The worst one for me, the thing I react in the, the most extreme way to, is that when people text or say, I'll let you. So quick phone call with my sister the other day. Right. I said, I've got 12 minutes. Literally, I've got 12 minutes yeah. to talk. We spoke. And just before the 12 minutes was up, we lost signal. Uh-huh. And so I very quickly messaged her thinking she'll get this in a little yeah. bit. And it said, I don't know what happened there. Because that's what people always say, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know what happened there. Was it Rather you? Go, was yeah. it me? <laughs> <laughs> Our phones cut out. It happened. <laughs> yeah. um, this is why the question why isn't important. I said, not sure what happened there. Mm. Have a great day. We'll catch up soon. And she went, no worries. Don't worry. Don't wor- don't- <laughs> a stack of all the things yeah. you don't like. Don't worry about phoning me back. I'll let you get on with your day. And I'm going, that's just confused my mind. <laughs> what I wanted was I've said, not sure what happened there, have a great day, just saying I didn't cut you off, in effect. Mm. And what I wanted her to say, have a great day too, lovely speaking with you, catch you soon. But as soon as she said, I'll let you get on with your day, my head goes, you're giving me permission. <laughs> right, okay. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it comes down to the should. Yeah, yeah. If she, and she could have said, you should get on and see your client. Yeah, but now. also what she's saying that, but not meaning what. Not meaning no a word of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But if those things annoy you, bit, well, if communicate language, Yeah, it. language has 
talk about semantics. We talk about semantics yeah. on the last one with race, weren't we? Yes. One word can just change the whole context yeah. of that. No, it doesn't land with everybody, does it? In terms of its actual meaning, its literal translation, or yeah, they don't mean any. They don't no. mean they're not but used. But it does. As, as it does when you've got mean. a mind like mine. Yeah, yeah. That, that either reads too much into things. Mm. But I think one of the things that I learned today from the course was I said, just tell other people and everyone's going, I'm going to give that a go. And no one was. Mm. So every time they got an okay, they're feeling pissed off. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's like if you do have mental health issues or even just little things that, you know, going back to you, what say grind your gears, you yeah. tell someone and if they're a friend, they'll go, that's okay. It takes me no longer to write great than it does okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and I just felt it was like everyone was going, oh, thank God you've shared that, you know. So yeah. it might just be worth it if there's... Yeah, yeah. Work-life ballet. So you have done your Myers-Briggs test. Yeah, I didn't look at the results. You didn't? Well, you I gave sent me you a what? photo, but I didn't really... I didn't... Screenshot. You did. Yeah. So I've said before on this podcast that I'm an INTJ. Okay. Can't remember whether we all got into it. Maybe a little bit, but not too much. Is there sixteen or something? Yeah. Okay. Coming to that. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> so personality types explain. So we've mentioned this chat before. According to Carl G. Jung, mm-hmm. Carl G. Jung's theory of uh, psychological types. Uh, I think from 1971 he created this. People can be characterized by their preference of uh, general attitude. So extroverted versus introverted, their preference on one or two functions of perception, which is sensing or intuition, and their preference of one or two functions of judging, thinking versus feeling. Okay. The three areas of preference introduced by Jung are dichotomies, i.e. bipolar dimensions, where each pole represents a different preference. Jung also proposed that in a person, one of the four functions above is dominant, either a function of perception or a function of judging. Isabel Briggs Myers, a researcher and practitioner of Jung's theory, proposed to see the judging-perceiving relationship as a fourth dichotomy influencing personality type, which is the Myers or Myers Briggs, mm-hmm. whichever way you want to say it, but it comes from 1980. There are 16 types of personalities. The first letter in the personality type acronym corresponds to the first letter of preference of general attitude. So, for example, E is for extroversion and I is for introversion. Mm-hmm. The second letter of the personality type acronym corresponds to the preference within the sensing intuition dimension. So S stands for sensing and N stands for intuition. The third letter in the personality type acronym corresponds to the preference within the thinking-feeling pair. So T stands for thinking, F stands for feeling. And the fourth letter in the personality type acronym corresponds to a person's preference within the judging, so perceiving pair. So J for judging and P for perception. For example, ISTJ stands for introverted, sensing, thinking and judging. And ENFP stands for extroverted, intuitive, feeling and perceiving mm-hmm. we'll put the link up on our show notes so you can all have this test and you might think why do i need to know yeah of course you don't need to know no but in the case of me having done that i've done it i think i've said on a previous pod that i did it when we started the business about 10 11 years ago mm-hmm. my our coach did it just to see how we'd yeah. all as directors and co-workers would, it, would interact with each other we did it kind of brushed it off and just got, kind of got on with it yeah and funnily enough with hindsight looking back it was all bang on. We probably should have paid a little bit more attention yeah, to yeah. it. And I did it probably four or five years ago. And looking back on the old test that we did 11 years ago, it said exactly the same. I was an introvert, but it just didn't resonate with mm. me. But then when you start to kind of 
get on in life and things you know wasn't fashionable back then anyway was it? no well there's, there's a bit of that and like everything it's, it's the understanding and when and i guess this kind of understanding becomes into common vocabulary and understanding yeah. and but yeah it was a real kind of eye-opener and it kind of explained a few things as to why you know i did do things or didn't do things yeah. or did react didn't react or so i've already established that i am an intj which is introverted intuitive thinking and judging to outsiders intjs may appear to project an aura of definiteness or uh, of self-confidence. This self-confidence, sometimes mistaken for simple arrogance by the less decisive, is actually of a very specific rather than a general nature. It source lies in the specialised knowledge systems that most people of this type start building at an early age. People of this type of perfectionists, and of course there's different re- there's different explanations for what, mm. or sorry, interpretations for what perfectionists yeah. are, isn't there? You have yeah, an eye for detail. Yeah, but it's, you know, the, I think we talked about it when we were talking about um, Gary V, when Gary V says, you know, has a negative kind of association with perfectionism because mm. he feels it's, because it's never going to be perfect, you don't do it. Yeah. I know I'll never get there, but I, I want to continually improve on what I yeah. So, so these type of perfectionists with a seemingly endless capacity for improving upon anything that takes their interest kind of what i just said uh, in the broadest broadest terms uh, what intjs do tends to be what they know typically intj career choices are in the sciences and engineering but they can be found wherever a combination of intellect and incisiveness are required i.e law and some areas of academia it's a bit like horoscopes i'm hearing that and thinking from what i know of you that seems to fit. You know, once you've kind of done this test, then you read all the explanations. Yeah. My view is probably that largely you would go, yeah, I think that's fair. There's some things you go, well, don't quite, mm. with 16 types, isn't going to yeah. cover everyone exactly. So yeah. it's going to be crossovers and, and all that kind of thing. So INFP, which is you. Right. You didn't read any of this. Did you did the test and sent to me? You didn't read any of the... No. Okay. Is that typical INFP, Jay? Well, we'll find that. Just... <laughs> yeah. Introverted, intuitive feeling and perceiving. INFPs never seem to lose their sense of wonder. One might say they see life through rose-coloured glasses. Is that red flags and, yeah. and bunting? Uh, it's as though they live at the edge of a looking-glass world where mundane objects come to life, where flora and fauna take on near-human qualities. That's... Mm bang on isn't it that's the cormorants and the cows (laughs) yeah and the frost on the windscreen which i'll never forget yeah so infp children often exhibit this in a calvin and Hobbes fashion i don't know what that is that a cartoon uh switching from reality to fantasy and back again with few exceptions it is the nf child who readily develops imaginary playmates um we've we've, we've discussed this yeah me and my monopoly and my five mates (laughs) yeah as with anne of green gables book uh bookcase girlfriend her own reflection i don't know what that yeah. is um infps have the ability to see good in almost anyone or anything infps are not exempt from the same disappointments and frustrations common to humanity as infps tend to have a sense of failed competence infps struggle with the issue of their own ethical perfection some infps have a gift for taking technical information and putting it into layman's terms some of those things resonate or not one of the things yeah, i did yeah, say yeah, totally there's loads more so what i did do mm-hmm. i put those two together yeah who wins <laughs> yeah yeah there's a simulator that just fights us to the death you can there's sites where you can put personality yeah, types yeah. together and see kind of what comes out so in communication intjs and infps are both introverted intuitive types who prefer to spend time alone and think creatively however intjs favor logical thinking and organization while infps favor emotional thinking and adaptability okay that's pretty much bang on isn't yeah, it yeah in terms of our, uh, our roles. Yeah. When communicating with INFPs, INTJs should be conscious of how they say things. <laughs> Literally what we were just <laughs> saying. Making a necessary effort to avoid being harsh. Wow. Uh, INFPs should try to avoid taking things too personally from INTJs, focusing instead on effectively communicating their point of view. 
good so far, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, bang on, especially so, from what I'm about to say in the next part. <laughs> okay, resolving conflict. So INFPs should avoid overly emotional expressions when addressing conflict with INTJs. INFPs uh, need to address the situation in a logical way to communicate productively with INTJs. INTJs should invite INFPs to share. While it may be difficult, they should be considerate and accepting of INFPs' emotions. INTJs need to avoid being overly critical of INFPs. Mm. As creative thinkers and gifted problem solvers, the two personalities can smoothly work together towards compromise. Yeah. Now, we had a chat about the pod this week, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. And I, I sent you a text because I was having a moment going, yeah. oh, I'm so tired. And then you did the, you sent me a text. I sent you the okay text. You said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Which is pretty much the, let's just fuck it all off. Yeah. Right? But I think because I know you so well. Yeah. And obviously doing this pod, I'd know you even better. Yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't resonate straight away. I thought, okay. And then I, I read it back later and I thought, that's one of those. Yeah. Let's just fuck it all off then. Yeah. Right, I'm going to burn it all to the ground, you bastard. Yeah. But I knew that's where you're coming from, but I didn't I didn't get the hump. I went, I know where he's coming from. Yeah. And I know why he sent that to yeah. me. How many relationships have just gone down the toilet because no one's yeah. quite understood. Yeah. It's not personal, it's just the way, you know. Building trust. INTJs are likely to trust INFPs who can invite the opinions of INTJs and listen intently while supporting their ideas. INFPs are likely to trust INTJs who work to avoid being overly critical of INFPs' emotions and ideas. Being introverted types, it's likely to take a bit of time for INTJs and INFPs to trust each other. But with conscious effort, the two can form a tight bond. Mm-hmm. I think what you've done already is that sums up and it really... La- You've just laid the ground for what I was going to say in the last bit, so um, I think that's pretty good. Because it's easy to get defensive, isn't it? When you look mm-hmm. at something, because you, you might not agree with it. Mm. When I first got it, it went, I'm, in, the introverted bit was a bit challenging, but it gave me more answers than it kind of gave me barriers or uh, obstructions, yeah, yeah. I think. But some people can really go, no, I'm not, that's not me, because yeah. they don't want it to be yeah. that. They don't, you know, it's the acceptance, radical yeah. acceptance. They yeah. don't want that to be true. But I think if you can get to an open place and discuss it, I think it can actually... You can you can build. It's a bit like a repairing broken muscle. You can build better and stronger relationships. I think if you understand that. Well, there has to be a purpose of it mm. because if you if you just do the test and get the letters yeah. and then shove it in a drawer, you've either got to <laughs> yeah. you've either got to trust it. Yeah, um, and in some ways, I wish I I trusted it, you know, and and not put it in a drawer. It's exactly what I did yeah. eleven years ago. I mean, I what you've just read out there. I mean, don't know how much this is going to stay in the edit, but what <laughs> you just read out. Yeah, we could have we could have said that, you know, with without any test. So, yeah. so, so what I'm yeah, saying well, is that the, well, yes, the, the test provides credibility. It provides to what that we grounding, know it doesn't it? It provides and some understanding that and marker it. It's something in the sand to kind yes. of have a conversation yeah. off the back of. Yes, you know, I don't. We could. We probably couldn't have come up with those. You know, with those sections. But they were so accurate. Yeah. I mean, I think just one thing, and this is going to be, I think this this might be a discussion for another day. Mm-hmm. There's an awful lot of talk about mental health at the moment, and yeah, we touched on the whole thing about. Megan and and how obviously because of the pandemic mental health has become more and more uh, to the fore. Yeah, and I was thinking around when you did this test around the, the the continuum, I guess, of 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 one end a personality test like this, which I don't mean to 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 denigrate it, but mm. is like fairly low level, and at the other level of the continuum would be a psychiatric test to 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 discover a personality disorder and to mm-hmm. yeah. Know, yeah 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 look at a way to to work with that or, or to work on it. And I think what was going through my mind was that every single person has a personality. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like the sense we, of humour one. We can all they find might be an hidden, example. But you have a personality in terms of you are a person and you have mm. your back as you would have done in sort of um, 
trying to think whether this is like Chaucerian time, but the sort of, you know, like the humours and, yeah. and all the things that make up you as a living being. Mm-hmm. And what I sort of was thinking was that the term personality disorder, or the, the, the width of personality disorder, resonated with me in terms of when we talked about addiction. Mm-hmm. Everybody has got a certain element of addiction. Habits are addiction. Doing certain things every day are addiction. Yeah. Having the same breakfast, like yeah. we discussed. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, I have cereal, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it suddenly came to me this week after thinking about that test and a couple of other things have come up, is that the the thing we said around addiction is the same with personalities. It's when it's dire consequences. Yeah. So I have attributes that I've shared on here when I've said to you, yeah, I do X, Y, and Z. And you could go, that isn't the norm. That mm-hmm. isn't usual that people mm-hmm. do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But if it doesn't have dire consequences, that doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think this is... I think where that test comes in, that test is going, here's here's a vague sort of horoscope level. This is where you're at. But if any of those things then become too pronounced, so if your introversion comes to the point like this morning when I didn't leave the house because there was someone talking to the neighbour. And you didn't want to get into the... I didn't want to. I didn't know... interaction. I didn't want any interaction. So I just waited and waited and waited. Yeah. Then I thought I'm going to be late for something, yeah. which created more anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the di- that isn't necessarily dire consequences, but that could be if I yeah. was due for a hospital appointment and then I'm late. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think everybody, and quite often I will, you know, some someone will go, "Oh, I'm a bit like you," mm. but I think it's that bit where compulsion or addiction or obsession becomes yeah. dire consequences. Then suddenly, yeah. that's the disordered thinking, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And your answer, because we are going to come on in a minute about the discussion about your pod, your answer there was so mature, do you know what I mean? To to recognize my, mm. I was going to say my failings, to, to recognize yeah, the I, extreme of my personality, even a simple text, yeah, you but, understood. But I also knew not to worry that you were sitting there stewing, because I think probably you know, you sent that, and you're probably then, I would have thought, had a thought gone, did he pick up on that? Yeah. Maybe you didn't. But, but if when you, we discussed in a minute, did, I don't think you would have been worried that I would have been stressing about that. I think it Should, was. Is that, no, I think it was. Or were uh, you worried that you'd? No. I, well, when we, oh, okay, we're going to okay, discuss okay, it in okay, a minute, okay, okay, and this is that. the dire consequences bit, and I'll explain that when we get to it. Okay. Turn the light on. Okay. It. Yeah, that's fine. I'll let you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, brain food. So is it is it all too much? So we regularly touch on life stimuli. So news, advice, information, opinion, expectation, etc. Add on top of that the highs and lows and what we've just been talking about, the, the addictive and often destructive nature of the platforms and the channels that enable this stimuli to be delivered to us and how easy it is for us to be engulfed like a huge wave that keeps us kind of pinned and barreling. Now this can happen kind of quite easily and often far too quickly. M- much of the time it's before we're actually aware that it's really happening. That's the whole thing about overwhelm mm. and stress. You don't quite know until it's almost too late. Yeah. So right now in these tough times, it's peaking like it's never done before i think is fair i found this article from it was the middle of last year in psychology today it's called is information overload hurting mental health Uh, endless access to information during covid19 might be making matters worse i just want to read a couple of bits from this it seems pretty clear and understandable that this crisis may result in increased rates of mental health problems but from where exactly are these problems arising? Certainly the economic isolation from physical distancing and general anxiety about a highly contagious pathogen are factors. Practical barriers such as kids being at home from school and thus creating more stressful work situations are also part of it. There's another area that people aren't addressing a lot, the notion of information overload and how it affects mental health. 
we should just assume that people are experiencing a sense of information overload right now, given how much new information is constantly coming out about COVID-19 and how high stakes most people consider this information to be. So what are the mental health consequences of information overload? It turns out that there might be quite significant to go beyond just a few moments of feeling overwhelmed. Information overload can lead to real feelings of anxiety, feeling overwhelmed and powerless and mental fatigue. It can also lead to cognitive issues such as difficulty making decisions or making hasty, often bad decisions. Hasty decision-making comes about because the brain is literally exhausted from trying to process all the information. This is why some researchers prefer the term cognitive overload to information overload, which is quite an interesting one, isn't yeah. it? It doesn't matter yeah. what's coming in. It doesn't have to be information, does it? Mm -hmm. It can be, like I said, expectation or something else. Processing large amounts of information is often done while multitasking, looking at social media while working, etc. Multitasking in particular has been shown to increase the release of stress hormone cortisol, as well as the hormone adrenaline, which are both associated with a fight or flight response. What can be done to improve mental health in the midst of all this information or cognitive overload? Well, we can certainly expect to continue to see high volume of new information coming out daily, so it's not realistic to believe we can have any impact on that side of things. However, there are some simple ways that individuals can work on limiting their access to the constant deluge of new information. Now, the next bullet points that they give are the standard kind of why don't you try these, which yeah. we've, we've talked yeah, about. Yeah. So schedule times to look at the news, turn off notifications on your phone, be careful about checking social media and don't look at your phone before bed. Mm. We know those ones. But this is what I found on slow growth on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked about the slow movement before. Yeah. So slow growth, which I'll put a link up to, their Insta bio kind of pretty much sums them up. A community that believes in savoring the journey because giant leaps begin with small steps, mm -hmm. which is something pretty much underlines a lot of the stuff we talk about yeah. here. This post was published five days ago and I thought it was a more thought-provoking and, and expounded view on something we've been touching on recently. So the, the post starts with, um, sometimes we convince ourselves that so much is out of our control. Um, sure, there are things we can't sway or bend to our every whim, but it helps to remind each other just how much within ourselves and our own environments that we can change. Write it all down, make that list, work at reframing your perspective and you'll change the whole damn game. So there's a list of things you can control. I'll go through these quickly. So your habits your values, your attitude, your productivity, your screen time, your environment, your bad thoughts, your good thoughts, the people around you, your sources of inspiration, what you believe to be possible, what you believe to be impossible, how often you think about the past, how much you will allow things to affect you, how you choose to spend your free time, your ability to ask people for help when you need it, and how much time you spend worrying about the future. A lot of things in there. Yeah isn't there? Yeah. And I would say there's lots of gradation in terms of how easy, how difficult any one of those things are depending on your circumstances. Mm. And I think we could probably understand that straight away. But I guess what I want to say, you know, it's for me, the whole thing about you can't stop all the information or all the, all the stimulus and things that are around you, but you can, I think, and I think it's okay to turn off from those things. You can change your reaction to it. Yeah. Well, interesting. No, it's interesting you should say that. Is that a saying? I always get this wrong. But it's close. It's close to this. It's. Oh, I wish I got it exactly right. You might not be able to change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Yeah, that is it. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the comments underneath that post from someone, which kind of takes it onto a slightly different level again, but so this is kind of more things to think about, really. But someone put, um, "This is great." However, it's been proved that we don't actually control what thoughts we have. We can learn. Which is what you, mm -hmm. what you just said, wasn't it? We can learn to control how we react to them. Yeah. This is a very important remark to make, given that some people beat themselves up for undesired thoughts that usually pops up in our minds. So I think it's fair to say that in the first instance, if you take control of what your senses are bombarded with, then at least thoughts, whether they're controllable or not, 
don't have the chance to manifest in the first place. And it's a bit of kind of chicken and egg, isn't it? Yeah, certainly on the course, it's one of the key things on mindfulness about allowing thoughts. So it's to be aware of them, noticing them. Mm. So we did a mindfulness activity today. Mm-hmm. And basically, you put your hand out with the fingers apart and you breathe. I think it's you breathe in as you go up the finger. Mm-hmm. And breathe out as you go down. As you do that on your hand, it slows everything down. You're aware of blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't like rubbing my finger on another <laughs> finger. It makes me feel uneasy yeah, yeah, at the yeah. moment because as you'll probably notice my hands are in fists all the time. So I don't like opening. I stopped doing it after about a minute. Okay. And I thought, am I being willful? Am I just going, I don't like this. So I'm just going to throw my toys out of the pram Mm -hmm. and i then initiated another kind of mindfulness and the mindfulness for that is that when um i did it on sounds so i have a candle that has um, a wick that makes a noise yeah yeah i just just concentrated on that and when we gave the feedback one of the things i'd said last week is that i i think i've said this on the pod before my thoughts are clouds and they're on a little tugboat like a a cartoon tugboat and it goes on a river from the right of my mind to the left. Mm-hmm. And as it leaves my mind, there is a cloud and that cloud contains that thought and the tugboat takes it away. You remember back, this was weeks and weeks, months ago, I was saying one of the mindfulnesses was sitting on a park bench and just looking ahead. Frame of, frame yeah. of reference. Yeah, so when somebody walked on the path in front of you in the park, you only looked at them or were aware of them for that split second when they were in your in, eye line. So you didn't track them beyond that. Yeah. yeah, because what happens in life is if you are sitting on a park bench and someone walks by, you watch them, mm. your eyes follow them, you look at the dog, you look at their coat yeah, they're yeah, wearing, you yeah, look yeah. at their hair, whatever. Yeah. And then you start forming judgments or then you go, I wonder what mm. they're doing. So that and, is exactly that, what the, the stimulus that's coming in, how much control you have of yes. even so just in that very simple frame of ref, frame of vision or whatever you want yeah. to call it. So, so the thought for that that frame of vision was like, Someone's walked in front of me. I might have noticed they had a brown coat. That's it. I and it's noticed a lot the thought. Yes. Than a, I didn't you know, need all the other what stuff. What they're doing here? Why yeah. is that their dog? Yeah. <laughs> and did did they just look at me? Are they going to spray yeah. me water from a hose? Do you know what I mean? All that. <laughs> yeah. But last week, when I talked about the cloud on the tugboat, when I'm when I'm doing mindfulness meditation, is that my mind, because it visualizes so much, mm. has made the tugboats into basically a circular canal all right so as they leave my mind come back. my mind conjures the fact that they're just heading round <laughs> coming back again and coming back again and i can't break that cycle right okay. so what happens now is that if i'm doing meditation and a thought comes into my mind i now put that thought on a leaf the leaf flutters in the breeze it goes on a river and the river carries it away and the way i visualize and we talked about visualization yeah, during yeah, strength training. Yeah. Once that leaf's gone, it, it can't come back. The tugboats can come around in a circle, but that leaf's gone. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. like when you're playing poo sticks and you lose your <laughs> you lose your stick. So that leaf's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in terms of takeaways on this, if people are doing meditation, mm. find what works for you to allow and notice the thought. Don't fight it. Don't mm. value it. Don't rank it. Notice the thought and then allow it to slip out of your mind. Mm. It isn't about trying to block every thought. It's just allowing them. Mm. noticing that's that becomes on. that becomes a real that's what i say about the craft and and the, the honing of that yeah that becomes a real a real skill yeah doesn't it yeah because if you don't have one any awareness of that that's taking over your your mind and body isn't it yeah you know it's anxiety you don't even you, you know you're anxious you know you feel unwell or whatever but you don't know why silence can be dangerous that's the one yeah. thing is yeah. that, that yeah. if your mind is full of thoughts and you can't manage those thoughts mm. 
meditating can be the worst thing. You know, but when I used to do body scans, mm. having 40 minutes of total silence at the end of those, yeah, yeah, I was frazzled. So, yeah. and I don't think people are, <laughs> I was saying it's like all the things we're taught at school, I think meditation should be taught. Yeah, to school I think kids. it will start to be. I think it yeah. will become more mainstream. So yeah, <laughs> wow, it's just becoming more important. Yeah, isn't it? Um, did you want to put the wise mind bit in about the pod? Yeah, do you want to? Yeah, okay. I want to explain to you. I was thinking the other day. I was thinking again. I don't want to get at all into the mega market. I didn't watch the interview. I've mm. got a thousand views. None of them really matter. None of them are based on facts. They're based on thoughts. Mm. And one of the things I questioned was that because she opened up. And either received a lot of vitriol for opening up and people accusing her of lying or acting or whatever it was. Mm. I questioned why sometimes on this pod I allude to my mental health and thought, I wonder if people are thinking I'm doing it for, you know, attention. Or I wonder if I, people think I'm doing it because we need to talk about something. So can Mark can be a bit quirky <laughs> and talk about addiction and then move on to his life. Mm. And then I thought... <laughs> hence my mm. conveyor belt of thoughts, then I thought, why am I doing it for myself? Am I doing it as some sort of some sort of therapy? Am I doing it as some sort of release? Am I doing it to get a better understanding of myself? Yeah. And one of the things we've learned on the course is that the question why isn't that important. We had this big discussion about why the other day. Mm. And so mm. I'll give you an example. I've been having a lot of trouble with headaches, like real, real storming headaches. Mm. And the obvious question is, why do I have a headache when I wake up? Mm. It doesn't really matter too much in some respects. If it is something like, well, it's because you're drinking 10 pints before bed yeah. and that's giving you a headache. So there's that why. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's, it's, it's how you address the issue mm -hmm. rather than digging back in time to go. So I'm losing uh, yeah, this to yeah, therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, you have a problem with obsession. Why? In some ways, it doesn't matter that, you know, mm -hmm. whatever happened in the past isn't, it's relevant to where you are now, but you deal with where you are now. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Going back in time and revisiting things, mm -hmm. I think, personally, for me, has less, less currency than mm -hmm. this. You know, it is what it is. We are where we are. It feels to me a, a much better approach. So the conclusion I made was that if I allude to things in this pod, it was like the course today. I'm hoping that somebody else will go, actually, I didn't realise other people thought like that. Or I didn't realise it was okay yeah. to have terrible thoughts or terrible images or whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever we happen to share. Yeah. So I wanted to share with you, partly as an open forum for me to just explain to you something. But I guess it's for other people who are listening. And we talked about this communication earlier, this bit of, mm. when I was saying, you know, just about the okay in the text mm -hmm. and people on the course, like literally their eyes were lighting up and going, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to tell yeah, my partner. Well, it's my a little bit back to the, the reason of this pod. If if you know, we don't know what these things are. Yeah, there might be lo there might be loads of things, even the things we didn't even think were going to be gateways. Yeah, or jumping off points or whatever yeah. you want to call them. You know, we have one in sixty episodes. Then yeah, okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. we might have you know we might have four or five. We don't know what those are. No, but you've just talked about that this morning. And suddenly everyone went, oh god, thank it's a break in the ice, isn't it? Yeah. It's just that well, yeah. the, the the tension in the room. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's, but there's, I just think how many tensions there are from a societal point yeah. of view. Yeah. Because this, you were saying this was about being overwhelmed, wasn't it? Yeah. And so I wanted to just explain to you how my head works and how it worked and how I coped far, far better than I would have done in the past. Mm -hmm. But I didn't cope. It took a very, very long time to get into Wise Mind. And so on, the, I on want, this particular on thing. this particular thing. So I just wanted to share with you. And in terms of, I'm just, I think people are overwhelmed. Yeah, I think a lot of people that I have dealings with through my job have gone quiet, have disappeared. Yeah, 
I've disappeared with people. Yeah. People, when they respond, aren't responding with the same vigor and enthusiasm and commitment. We have it at work, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the reasons is, in my view, is that we don't always share why we're being curt. And it could be that life's just too much or we've had a bad day mm-hmm. and we don't have the energy to be uplifting and optimistic. We've been worn down. And yeah, therefore, that's a really good point. And text just exemplifies the You're bluntness. talking about tone, weren't you? Yeah. It's just tone in your head of, of, of the okay. Yet yeah. there's no tone in email, in, in text, in the written. Yeah. You know, long long copy, you can you can build tone. Yes. But with, with brevity. Two two letter words yes. in text can mean a thousand things, yeah. couldn't they? Yeah. Without going into massive detail, you sent a text. I felt that text had come from a position of being under immense pressure at work. Mm-hmm. You were time poor. Mm. The time within your work setting spilled over into your mm. social life. So the worry didn't finish when you left the office mm-hmm. and the concern and the thinking and the mm-hmm. procrastination. And then to have something else, even something you find pleasurable, just became a step too much. Yeah. And so I read your text as going, I'm having a bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot on my plate. Mm. I need to move something off the plate. You'll understand. <laughs> I'm going to shift this off the plate and it might come on the plate a bit later. Yeah. But in the short term, I need a little space to breathe. Every word of that I understood. My interpretation, because of the way I think, said, fuck him. And I gave a curt response. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was going, that's fine. He can fuck off. Mm. I'll find someone else to do a pod with. I'll ask him if I can borrow his microphones. And the overriding overriding thought was, Mm. he knows how important this pod is to me. Mm. He sent me a text. He hasn't rung and he's gone, we're shelving it for a bit. And to me, I just read, we're shelving it forever Mm -hmm. because we might not get back together. Mm. And if he can just end it this quickly, it isn't a relationship. It isn't like equal partnership. He's pulling the rug from under me. And I don't know what day you did that. I think maybe a Sunday or a Monday. Uh, It'd be Monday night. Monday night. Mm -hmm. And we trained on Tuesday. And by Tuesday, I told myself, do not mention it. So when you came in, Mm -hmm. I tried not to be cold, but I was a bit fucking miserable. I did think you were going to mention it, but you didn't. Yeah. But But I didn't mention it. And this is the takeaway that I really want to share with people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're with a friend or if you're with a colleague or if you're with somebody you know well, you don't have to answer immediately. Mm. Someone said to me the other day, not every occasion demands a response. And what I wanted to add to that is not every occasion demands a response instantly. Yeah, absolutely right. And when you came on Tuesday, I was still not in wise mind. Mm. I would would have maybe been personal. Mm -hmm. I might have been rude. Mm. I might have been vindictive. I think you might have even said in the week that um, you probably would have lamped me. You know, I might have been paraphrasing there. <laughs> there was something along the lines of there could have been physical violence. Yeah. You're right. If That's it wasn't right. for the visa blockers. So <laughs> when you left on Thursday, no. uh, on Tuesday, no. I had a very positive feeling that I'd been able to manage mm. my anger, my temper and my sadness. What I hadn't managed was the self-destruction. So when you left on Tuesday, my overriding thought was this is all over. Oh, God. We're not doing a proper goodbye because he's saying it's finishing. So we're not even going to do a pod to go. We, we didn't actually talk about it, though. But no, no, no. This is still from the text. Catastrophizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. wanted to be in that position mm. because I wanted it's the bit about not deserving, not warranting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And I think a lot of people get into this position when they feel hurt or attacked. It's a bit like the adrenaline. So I was going almost into the freeze, not the fight or flight. I was going to the freeze. It's like lying down, do what you will to me. You know, you yeah. fuck me off by doing this. Whatever happens now, I'm just going to feel worse and worse. I probably deserved it, blah, blah, blah. So I was catastrophizing the whole thing. I didn't use a strategy. Mm-hmm. By the time I saw you on Thursday, it had taken that long for me to come to Wise Mind. And we had a really good discussion on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I think we've come mm-hmm. to a good place. Mm-hmm. I think my takeaway to people is that society and the pressure that people are under pushes you for instant responses. Mm. I've realized maybe for the first time in my life that I haven't raced into the instant decision. And I've done this so much. I've done this in jobs where I've told people to fuck off. I've had, I reckon I've had 40 jobs. They haven't all ended well. (laughs) 38 of them ended with fuck (laughs) you. No, fuck you. (laughs) But it's come to the point where you had a perfectly sound and justifiable Mm-hmm. reason mm-hmm. for wanting to ha- come up for breath yeah and i knew you did and i know the pressure you're under but my need to catastrophize said that isn't enough because it's all about me it's all about how i feel it's all about how i'm going to lose something i enjoy doing mm-hmm. and this is my takeaway to people is that when you're in this situation and it's one of the distress tolerance things just stop Just take a breath. Just leave the room. Mm. And that's Mm. the final thing I was going to say around communication. Stop is one of the things we learned on distress distress tolerance. There is nothing wrong to say to somebody, I just physically need to leave the room. And that can be for a minute, an hour, a day. You don't have to react instantly. And I think retrospectively, if people withdraw, draw breath, sit down. Mm. I mean, I know it's almost like obvious, but I I don't think in the current climate, anybody you know someone will make a comment and everybody you know go away think about it and so i think this was the position if you get something that hits you i went into my mode that i would go into is self-destruct self-pity martyrdom it's like woe is me he's ruined my life fuck him yeah but the fact we've come out of this so strong i think is is purely by getting into that wise mind Mm -hmm. letting logic Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. and don't let emotion take over yeah only ask for a fucking break. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> uh, Lipax then. Uh, got a meaty trick. When freezing mincemeat, do you ever freeze mincemeat, Mark? Is that something you've done in your life? I have done I mean, it. You've done lots of things. You have done. Yeah. yeah. Um, remove from existing packaging because it's normally like a block, isn't it? Yeah. Flatten it out. Repack mm-hmm. it. This will reduce thawing time when you come to use it again. Do you not have a microwave either? Yeah, I do, yeah. Okay. No, I don't defrost things in microwaves. No. When When has that ever worked in the history of ever? I don't know. I haven't got a microwave. Okay. Poor lad. <laughs> no, they, they, um, the waves they use... How do they... Yeah, they take messages about, about your character <laughs> and fill them to Bill Gates. <laughs> right. Mark, do you ever have trouble storing your charger wires and various power cords for your electrical peripherals? And do you struggle with what to do with cardboard toilet rolls, thinking there's a better way than chucking them out for the recycling? Oh, my God. <laughs> You do, don't you? No. <laughs> this what? is one of the, the, the life genies hacks. Is it? So put toilet, this morning. toilet rolls into a box. Yeah. And then you can put put the different wires in the in the different toilet tubes. Yeah. Basically, as little compartments, right? Yeah. Was yeah, that one? She does that. Yeah. Okay. She's actually she's really good then. Actually, she's <laughs> gone up in my estimations. So I've only got two of those, but the third one actually comes from Viz. Um, because you, obviously you kindly bought me a subscription for so my birthday, Christmas. Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Um, it's really good. It's, I'm getting much pleasure from these landing on my on my hallway floor. I'll do a life hack while you're looking. Is it is a home genie one or is it? It was from TikTok. So when you cut a loaf of bread, mm. you would put the flat side on the breadboard. Huh? The flat, the bottom of the loaf, you would put on the breadboard. You were talking board. about the crust. Well, yeah, the bot, but the bottom, the flat bit, not the raised crusty bit at the top. That's where you cut into, isn't it? Huh? Right, like you got a loaf of bread that I'm slicing, I'm cutting. Or yeah, is it, right. And it has a flat base, doesn't it? The bread has a flat base. Oh, what's it mean? Once you've got the whole the whole loaf, the whole loaf, so, okay, yeah. Yes, and so the bottom so of it, and yes. then you have the crusty raised yes, on top, bit. Yes. As long as it isn't a massively raised thing, yeah. it makes more sense to cut it upside down. Oh, so you cut into the flat. You rather cut than into the, round, the flat, and then yeah. Because how many good... times when you've cut into the crusty bit is it like oh shit, it's you've broken off? It, yeah, or you've got a funny yeah. angle. I mean, or... obviously, if it's a massive crust or like a cob, I think crusty yeah. cob, you struggle. But if you turn it the other way, cut into the flat bit. Job's a good oh, one. Yeah, so that's a good one, that is. Thank you. And the final, this is a top tip from Viz. I just okay. thought it was um, kind of on the same lines as my other ones. Fall friends into thinking you've sat on a whoopee cushion by farting as you sit down. There you go. <laughs> that's it for this episode. Well done for getting this far. And thanks for listening. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at I'm Finecast and send your feedback and ideas to I'm Finecast at gmail.com. Don't forget to give us five star review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend or two. In the next episode, I put why bigger, faster, smarter, cleaner isn't always better. Talking about competitiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, basically why competitiveness is killing us. Okay. And also, uh, if you want to hang around for the, the bonus material at the end of this episode, then um, enjoy. Feel free. Mm, right. I bid you farewell. Adieu. Prince Hancock lived in a land far, far away from reality. He was a happy prince and seemed carefree and gay. He smiled awkwardly and sometimes laughed when he should be serious and smiled when he should have been crying. But despite this joyous exterior, he had a dark, dark secret. Many years ago, King Boris had summoned him to the castle. King Boris also smiled a lot and laughed and guffawed and made babies and models out of cardboard and ran tracing paper in his hair to make it stand on end and joked about women of other religions and lied and hid his expenses from the royal accountant. King Boris was rarely serious, but on this occasion, the prince knew he was in for a hard talk. Now then, Prince Hancock, I have some serious news. In order for you to be king, you have a task to perform. Succeed and you will have endless wealth, and you will be ready to be king. Fail and you will end up in the dungeon. The prince had seen the dungeon and heard Dominic Cummins and the others wailing in constant pain inflicted because of their failings. What is my task, Boris? To be popular. But how the fuck will I do that? No one likes me. True, and it's going to get worse, so hold on to your hat. I know. Can I give the nurses a load of cash and then they'll love me? No, that's one option we are removing. Just because it seems really funny to ignore the people that saved my life. It's dramatic irony, Prince. Boris Gafford. No, you'll have to do it your way. The only advice I can give you is don't try and hide it. Do it in plain sight for shits and giggles. Whatever you do, leave a trail so everyone can join in. But don't worry, whatever you do, no one will care as long as you wear this badge of impunity to protect yourself. He passed a small badge with NHS that Matt put onto his... Lapel? Pinned onto his lapel. I hadn't written... Pinned onto his lapel. (laughs) You're freestyling now. Yeah. (laughs) You only need one person, though. Just one to love you. The prince left with a heavy heart. One was a tall order. He'd never been loved. and Where could he start? He made his way to the local inn and sat at the bar. The innkeeper (laughs) smiled brightly 
How can I help? He gleamed. The prince jumped from the barstool. By loving me, he shouted. The innkeeper squirmed awkwardly. Mm, to drink, I meant. The prince blushed. I'm joking, he stammered. Bitter, please. Bitter. A pint of bitter. Here you are. And if there is anything else, please ask, said the innkeeper. Anything. And he nodded and stared intently at the prince. The prince took out his phone, jumped over the bar and took a selfie of the two of them smiling inanely. <laughs> the prince went back to bed that night and hatched his plan. The innkeeper will love me. He will. He will. The prince picked up his phone and started typing. This is my new best friend. He runs a pub. It is called the Cock Inn, which is funny because it has cock in. <laughs> As is my surname. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. It's good. This is 2017. Please vote for the best pub in the world competition. He pressed upload and this went straight to his MP website and the prince smiled. The innkeeper smiled. All was well. When he woke up, the prince forgot everything from the day before as this is what he did and he went on his merry way. The prince had a stormy few months and as he played snake on his mobile, it pinged. He stared vacantly. What the fuck is that noise? He shouted. He pressed the buttons manically. One new message. His fingers, soft and wet, attacked the screen and then suddenly there it was. A WhatsApp message. He smiled as he read. It was his first. Hi, Prince. It's the innkeeper, Nick. I'm just randomly texting as that is what I often do. So nothing to say. Just sending an innocent old message saying if you need anything, then just shout. Matt was excited. I need love, he typed. No problem, said Nick. I can do love. The prince typed back. Have you progressed this, Nick? The innkeeper typed quickly. I have a company called Hinpack. It's sort of insolvent, but that's a technicality. Plus, it rhymes with Hancock, thought the prince. <laughs> and we make plastic cups and takeaway boxes. These could help stop the spread of COVID. Yippee, said the prince, but how? Well, said Nick, I can alter the magic machines and they can produce vials. Yippee, said the prince. What's a vial? <laughs> Nick, Nick shrugged and then searching Google said, it's a musical instrument of the Renaissance and Baroque periods. There was a short silence. Oh shit, that's a vial. Um, it's a glass tube thing, bit like a plastic cup. They both hold liquid. Yippee, then make some, Nick. Nick asked, how many shall I make, Prince? Not sure, I'll ask someone to call you. Oh, Prince, yes. If anyone asks, we will deny all these messages. Okay, maybe we should stop and have a secret sign if we need to make contact. After many hours, Nick suggested, how about you hang a picture of my pub next to you during your broadcasts on the BBC? That is totally, totally mad. But the prince remembered Boris's words, in plain sight for all to see. <laughs> Both men laughed manically. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> I love you, Nick. I love you. The phone went dead. Hello, innkeeper. Hi. Can you make files? Yes, definitely. How many? Um, around £50 million worth, said the government official. Easy peasy. Is this for an orchestra? No, no, vials, not vials. Oh, sorry. Yep, easy. This is the narrator here. Sorry to interrupt, but I need to say something a little bit official. This is what Prince Hancock wrote to Bourne, and I need to say it word for word. Hancock. Apparently, we are appearing in The Guardian tomorrow, together. I'm accused of, shock horror, having your phone number. Apologies in advance for this uninvited publicity. What a rag. Seven minutes later, Bourne replied, Bourne being Nick, Matt Hancock, never heard of him. We managed to get the chain of events on how we ended up supplying the NHS, along with supporting evidence that shows you were nothing to do with us. He was <laughs> Apart from this. <laughs> yeah. He was referring to a London law firm he had hired to deal with inquiries from a female reporter. Bourne added, I've got Carter Ruck all over her, 
like a tramp on chips. That's a derogatory phrase about homeless people. Right. Yeah. No apology necessary. I'm sorry I've implicated you in something by association. However, responding to a recent Freedom of Information request for the dates of their communications, the GHSC said its record show Bourne and Hancock had communicated only once on the 25th of August. It made no mention of the numerous WhatsApp messages between the two in March, April, May, August, November, or other communications believed to have taken place in June and September. Matt Hancock said that he only had one WhatsApp and he didn't reply to it. Mm -hmm. Several sources have said Bourne regularly boasted about his close relationship with Hancock in conversations with those officials, as well as business partners and employees. Other sources have described Bourne as Hancock and friends and buddies. So, back to the story. I can't answer your WhatsApp, Nick. I want to know you love me. Surely 50 million is enough. Nick? Nick? Matt cried, typed again. Tell me you love me. Nick was silent. He didn't answer the WhatsApp message. He slammed the phone down and it pinged again. He read the screen angrily. Dear Nick, the Department of Health and Social Care here. Just like to give you the results of the investigation into the 11,000 of your vials that we've taken away from testing. Nick opened the attachment. Good vials? Zero. Broken vials? 11,000. Official summary? Could do better. Suddenly, the atmosphere of the fairy tale becomes dark and foreboding. In the end of the room, a TV shows Al Pacino in the final scene of Scarface. Chaos, desperation, hatred. The innkeeper has left the room. Get them all back, you fucker. Recall, recall, recall. Red alert. They know, they know. Did you get them? Yes, boss. We have got all eight million vials back. We've put them in quarantine, as they told us. Where have you done it? The big yellow box warehouse in Harlow. It's costing a packet, though. Get them out. I'm not paying for that. Let's have a bonfire. He laughs manically. January the 2nd, 2021. More petrol. Pile them high. Pile them high. The three men watch the fire burn higher. Black plumes merge with the inky sky. But soon the blue lights and eerie sirens mix with the smoke. The firemen crunch the glass as they walk back to the fire engine. It was a carpet fire, lads, but thanks. Carpet fire, remember. My official quote, lads. A mistaken burning of domestic carpet underlane. Please remember those words. The prince decided to broadcast every day with the cock in proud by his side. If you go and look, Matt Hancock is in his little room with mm. books. His red little red room. His little red room, the Union flag. Mm -hmm. And next to his right shoulder yeah. is... Or was. Was. Mm. A picture of the cock in. Of all the things that I think I would put in, unless I was listening to King Boris in plain sight, I would not put the inn yeah. where I met Nick the innkeeper. Mm. So he broadcasts every day with the cock in proud by his side, but he gets no call, no glass slipper, no love, just millions of pounds wasted. But the prince is still a prince, his people are loyal, they obey, and they don't even call for his resignation. It doesn't end happily ever after because the king and all his princes have been wearing these new clothes and we applaud them and we thank them for allowing us to party on June the 21st. 